Hi guys and welcome to or welcome back to After the Leaving. I'm your host Angela and let me tell you today's episode is a hefty one. It's gonna be so good. Before we get started make sure you follow the podcast Instagram and TikTok at After the Leaving Podcast on both platforms. Let me tell you guys Today's episode will be so beneficial to all your groups, to everybody. It's going to be a one-stop shop, ultimate guide to studying, study techniques, what to do before, after to get the most effective study set of your life. Let me tell you, it's going to be amazing. Please stay tuned and listen to this episode. This episode will be divided into three parts. So before you study, actually studying and the techniques and then what to do after to solidify what you studied. Then in the latter half, I'll tell you what worked for me, how I studied for each subject, what methods I used and what I thought was beneficial and what was not. So as I've said, when you sit down to study, it's really divided into three parts. In the first part, I'm going to discuss about what you should do before you study. I touched a little bit on this in my first episode, but in this episode, I'm going to go over kind of more in detail what you should do. So the very first thing that you should have is a clean, clear study space. Less clutter equals less distractions and then you'll be more focused. Regardless if you study in supervised study or at home, you should have a clean desk with just the books that you need, a water bottle and your pencil case. You should not have anything else on your desk and make sure that you turn off all distractions, put away your phone. You do not need your phone or else you will be scrolling on TikTok and you will not get anything done. The second thing you have to have is an organizational system that works for you, be it a timetable or a goal every week to complete a certain chapter or a certain section of a subject that you want. Make sure that you dedicate some time to each subject if you're doing a timetable or take a Sunday evening and plan out what you need to do in like a diary or in your school journal. Make sure you prioritize the subjects that you are not as good at, but you still need to have a good balance so that you cover all grounds in all subjects. Also, what's really, really important is that you schedule in breaks. You can use a timer on your phone to set a 25 minute timer, then take a five minute break. Or you can use one of those apps that you can like grow a tree on. That one was really beneficial. And make sure that when you're taking your break, it's an effective break. So you get up, you walk around, go outside, oxygenate your brain, and then come back and you'll be refreshed to do another 25 minutes. I would not recommend doing hours and hours and hours without getting up and moving around. I used to do 40 minutes and then take a 10 minute break, but it really depends on how long you can focus on something. But once you see your attention drifting, there's just no use in trying to force a subject into your head because it just won't go in. If you don't understand something and you're really trying to study it really hard, try studying it for 10 minutes 
And then if it still isn't going in or you still don't want to do it, put it away, move on and make sure you reschedule that to a different time in your timetable or in your plan because then you'll naturally want to avoid doing it because it was hard and you don't want to do things that are hard. But if you have it rescheduled, then you'll be like, okay, it didn't work out for me today. Maybe I can go ask a teacher or ask a friend to help me. And then when I go back to it, I'll have a better understanding and I'll be able to study the information better. What's also really important is having one set study space you study in all the time. If it's your desk in your bedroom or a table or in school, your brain will be more focused if it knows that in this one spot that you go to every time you study, your brain will not get distracted. Because if you're in a different environment every time, it will see new things that it hasn't seen before. Therefore, you'll get distracted. But if you're in this one spot, it's used to seeing all the things that's surrounding it and you'll get used to it so you won't get distracted anymore. I think having one specific space that you study in is really important to me. Now let's move on to the really beefy section of this episode. I really don't know if beefy was the right word but there's going to be a lot that I'm going to throw at you so take the information that you need as I've said and apply that to your own study techniques. The key to effective studying is getting information in your head by active learning and repetition. Let me explain the difference between active learning and passive learning. Passive learning is when you read information and it goes in one ear, out the other. Your brain doesn't retain as much information as it would be if you were active learning. Active learning is the immediate application of the information that you just learned. By active learning, it strengthens the pathways in your brain, so then it's easier to recall information when you don't have the information in front of you. We all want to be active learners when we are studying. So that includes testing yourself, recording yourself, listening back. You have to be doing and applying the information that you learned instead of just reading it and forgetting about it because that's just passive learning. Highlighting, that's passive. I'm sorry, we all love a good highlighter but you're really not getting as much information into your head as you think you are by just highlighting keywords. Every person has a different way of learning. Now I wasn't taught this at all but there are actually four types of ways a person can learn. So there are visual learners. These people like pictures, diagrams and use doodles to remember things. I know I like to do that in science subjects. I draw a little like doodle on the side of how say in digestion the food goes down. That's really like a diagram and I see it in my head when I get asked a question on oh how does the food travel? I'll see the little doodle that I have. There are auditory learners These people learn best when the information is spoken to them. They prefer kind of lectures, discussing it in class. They like hearing things, so auditory hearing. They record themselves. I personally really like auditory learning as well. And I like 
discussing with people different topics that we learned in class. I think that's really beneficial because then you're also teaching yourself and to other people the content that you learned and that is active learning. The next type of learning is reading and writing. This is the very like traditional way of learning and there's a common mistake that people think that this is the best way they will learn and will spend hours writing out notes when it doesn't really work for them. The people that read write process information by writing out the information loads of times. I know it's really beneficial to write things out loads of times and there's science proving that it works, but it doesn't work for everybody. And you have to test out different techniques to see what works for you. And you might be a visual learner and you you never knew because you were just writing out notes and not say drawing diagrams or you weren't recording yourself if you were an auditory learner. And the last type of learning is a kinesthetic. (laughs) I had to say that in my head before I said this. But these people like to learn best when they are physically and actively engaged in the activity. For example, doing experiments in the lab is an activity and they remember really well what they did in the experiment because they were actually hands-on doing it. And that's really good for science subjects because you really remember what you're doing when you're in the moment. Now that we know the different types of ways a person can learn, I'm going to discuss the most common methods that are usually used by students. Then I will tell you how you can apply that knowledge and test yourself. So the study methods I'm going to discuss are summary notes, flashcards, mind maps, and recording yourself. So let's start off with summary notes. These are mostly for the read-write type of learners. So what you do is you read the chapter and you highlight the main words, not the entire page. Just highlight the most important words so that your eye can be drawn to those words. Then summarize the information and make sure that the highlighted words stand out. Use different colors so your brain is more stimulated and please don't copy paste exactly what's written in the book. Make sure you put it into your own words because then you are actively learning by explaining it in your own words and your brain will remember what you wrote rather than what you read in a book because reading is passive. I used to use a hardback for the subjects that I used summary notes and therefore you won't have sheets of paper everywhere. You have one specific notebook or one of those divided notebooks for different like chapters if it was a big subject. They were really helpful. So make sure you have one set notebook for each subject that you will be writing notes in. Secondly, mind maps. I absolutely love these. These are really, really beneficial for visual learners because everything is on one page. You're not flicking back and forth and wasting time trying to find something when it's just on one page. So how you do this is you take out a blank sheet of unlined paper and you turn it horizontally. In the center of the page, you put one specific topic and then you expand around that topic and fill the entire page with 
words and sentences and anything that will trigger you to remember information about your one center topic. It's also really good to use little doodles as you really just have a blank canvas and also use different colors. Colors are really important because if everything's in black and white, your brain won't distinguish what's important and what's not. The third method I'm going to talk about are flashcards. Now, the number one thing that annoys me about flashcards is when I see them absolutely filled with information on this like tiny card that has six lines. No, that's not effective learning. A flashcard should only be used, in my opinion, for a definition. So one, one side should have the word and the other side should have the definition. I think this is the most beneficial way of using a flashcard to your advantage because it's quick fire and you're really recalling information really quickly if you're using flashcards effectively and you don't overfill them. That's really important. I'm gonna talk about flashcards a little bit later and how I used them. The last method I'm going to discuss is actually recording yourself saying the information and then listening back to it. This is really effective for auditory learners. Say you have an essay you need to learn, or this is particularly good if you have a topic for orals in languages. Record yourself saying the essay or the topic, and then listen back to it when you're on a walk, or if you're commuting somewhere, or if you're doing something. Subconsciously, it will go into your brain, and if you repeat it over and over and you listen to it over and over and over again, it will eventually stick in your head. These are the four main ways that people study with, but there are so many ways that you can study, so many techniques. So please go and do your research. I really wish that I had someone telling me all these common study methods when I was in first year, because let me tell you, for my Christmas exams, I studied the night before because I had no idea what I was doing. And then over the years in second year, definitely third years where I learned how to study. But then in fifth and sixth year, I was still figuring out which method worked for me and what I liked, what I didn't like. I didn't know the types of learning styles that there could be. So it's okay if you want to test the waters and try different types of study methods with different chapters and see what works for you. So now that you've summarized your notes or you've got the information in your head, how do you know if it's actually in your head? There's this thing called the forgetting curve, which I will explain because I don't think a lot of people know about this. When we learn something new, after a while, we find that we can't remember what we learned. The forgetting curve shows us the decline of memory retention over time when there is no attempt to review it. So when you first learn something right now, the amount of re memory retention you have is 100%. So you've just learned something new and you can remember it straight away. A day after, it absolutely plummets down and you're at around maybe 40%. So that's a 60% increase if you don't review the information that you learned yesterday today. Say a week after, after a short period of time, you forget mostly what you learned. So it's at, a, at about 20%. 
Six months later, as time passes, you remember very little and it's about maybe almost zero percent, which is is not great after six months. You wouldn't you wouldn't want that. So to beat the curve, you have to frequently review things. So say after a day, you go back and you review the information and that goes back up to 100. So you were at say 40, now you're back to 100. Then a week later, it goes down again. Then you review it again, it goes back up to 100. Quickly, you will remember more and more and more as you revise it more and more. And the information will be in your long-term memory by six months if you just say, revise it a day after, a week after, a month after, and then say three months after. And that way the information will be stored in your long-term memory rather than your short-term memory. And the best way to do this is by testing yourself. This is the active learning part. And this is how you'll know what you learned and if the study method that you used is effective. So there's two ways that you can test yourself that I will explain. The first method is called blurting. Now, some of you might have heard it because Unjaded Jade on YouTube did an entire video on it. And let me tell you, this works every single time. It works every time in every subject. So what you do is when you've learned the information, you put away your books, you put away your notes and you take out a plain sheet of paper. It doesn't matter if it's lined, unlined, it could be a scrap piece of paper and you write down everything you can remember from that topic. No prompts, everything just blurts it down onto the page. Then go back when you've written everything possibly down that you can remember, take out your notes and go back and write in what you forgot and then in a different color pen so that your brain is drawn to that color and you'll be like, oh, okay, I don't remember this. The next day, go back and do that all over again. Take out a blank sheet of paper and write out everything that you can remember. Go back, open your notes, and you'll notice that there'll be less, say, red pen, less things you forgot. Then say, go back at the end of the week and do that again. And eventually you will get a sheet of paper with everything that you need to know without any red pen. This is really, really effective because you're, you're actively trying to get the information in your brain because in the test, you won't have your notes and you'll have to grab the information from your brain and if it's not there and you haven't tested yourself and you haven't put yourself under that time pressure of remembering things, you'll just be stuck and you'll blank on a test. The second thing that I absolutely swore by for Junior Cert and Leaving Cert are past papers. These are just a godsend object. I absolutely love them. After every topic or every chapter that we did in class, before the test, or even like if it wasn't an exam year, I would always have past papers on me. I would go to the topic, I would see what questions came up and I would try and do them, sometimes under time pressure and sometimes not. But you will see what kind of questions come up and it's usually very repetitive. And at the end of the day, you're taking an exam. And if you're familiar with the questions they ask, when they do come up on your exam, you'll be like, oh, 
I remember doing this question about five times when I was studying it. They, that, that came up in 2011, 2016, 2015. Your brain will remember what you did and once you use the marking scheme, you'll know exactly what the examiner wants and you'll get the right answer because you already saw the question and you know what they want. Now, in the last part of this episode, I'm sure all of you guys are interested about what study methods I used. Uh, As I've said, I went to a highly academic secondary school for fifth and sixth year. So there was really a lot of competition for good results and I really had to get on my study grind. And these are the methods that I used. For English, I would write out essays and hand them up to my teacher to correct. With English, it's all practice. I might do an entire episode on how to study specific subjects and I might get guests on. We'll see what will happen. But with English, it's all practice. If you know how to answer the question correctly, and in the right format that they want, it will be an absolute breeze. And when you're going into an exam, you won't be opening the paper and thinking, oh my God, what do I write? Because you've already done a sample question on this and your teacher has corrected it and and they've given you feedback. For maths, please do the homework. Every single question, just the more practice you have, practice every single day. If it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, practice maths every single day. What also really helped me was writing out the steps in words and that would really click with me because I would physically see what I was doing. So I'd write out, say if I was doing a quadratic equation, I'd be like, okay, multiply x by 2, then multiply x by 4. If that was like a sum and I was doing brackets. But writing out and doing the homework is so important. And learn your theorems and the constructions. Practice those because you'll be doing them in class. And then six months later, you'll forget how to draw a triangle using a compass, which literally makes no sense. But I'm not a mathematician. So you have to you have to know because those are really easy mark questions in the exam. So if you just remember those, that would be great. For languages, I'm definitely going to do another episode on how to study a language effectively. But the main thing that I practiced was a lot of grammar. I did a lot of grammar exercises and for leaving certs, I would write out opinion pieces. For junior certs, I would write out letters and I would hand them up to my teacher again to correct it because she knows what the examiner wants and to see if your grammar and your vocab and your sentence structure is correct. I also kept a notebook for new vocab and verbs that I learned from comprehensions. Do at least one to two comprehensions a week and you will actually grasp so many new words. For the oral part of the exam, I got my teacher to record a script for me so I would write out say ma famille I would write about my family and then I would hand it up to her and ask her if she could record it it doesn't have to be anything big and they can email it to you just on like their their phone it's really important to hear the proper pronunciation and what I would do is I would listen to all the topics that she recorded 
on the bus or on a walk and it would go into my head it would absolutely go on my head and I would eventually be talking with her also being immersed in the language is really 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 important for the listening part and also the oral part I would listen to French music I would watch shows in French I would listen to French radio on Netflix there are loads of French shows or whatever language you're studying. I just studied French, but this definitely applies to all the languages that you can study in school. As for the science subjects, I took biology, ag science and home ec. For these subjects, I wrote summarized notes. Then I wrote all the definitions on flashcards and then I would do the past papers to really solidify that. That was I, I swore by that. Summarized notes, flashcards with definitions, past papers. Worked every time, H1s all around the board. That that really worked for me, but you you have to see what works for you, as I've said. And lastly, for business, I used mind maps. I swore by those. My teacher did them on the board. I would copy them from the board and then I would try and make my own ones and I would summarize what was in the book. And I had one topic in the center and I would spread out and write two sentences per subtopic. And I would fill the entire page. If anybody wants to see examples of notes, definitely check out the Instagram account. I will be posting some of my sample notes on there for you guys to see. Wow, guys, I think that's enough of me talking for today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and got some benefit from it. If you have any questions, DMs, or requests about anything, it doesn't have to be about study, you can always DM the Instagram account and the TikTok. I've discovered you can do DMs on TikTok. <laughs> but make sure you have an amazing rest of your week. Stay positive. Things will work out. And I'll see you next week. Bye! Bye!